0: Good afternoon and welcome to June's Trudge Talk, Conversations Along the Broad Highway, brought to you by the Mid-Hudson Intergroup. This month is a very special Trudge Talk as we are live on location in Los Angeles with Lewis S, Susan G, and Ori B. Our topic today is staying in the center of the herd. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to start with each of us qualify or each of our speakers qualifying. And um, Lewis, would you like to begin? Yes. All right.
1: Hi everyone, my name's Lewis. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm so happy to see all you guys. Um, Incredibly grateful to be here. What I love about being in the center of the herd is that like whether you're like you like it or not, good fellows will always pull you towards the middle. Uh, let me qualify real quick. Uh, I celebrated five years of continuous abstinence uh, back in um, back in uh, May 11th. But like I said, that's something that happened to me, not anything I did. I like to tell people, and I don't mean this in a terrible way. I'm not special, right? I'm not. I'm not special. Anything that might have happened in my life before, you know, none of none of that matters for me. I was born a compulsive overeater um and every morning I wake up that way um I like to identify by showing my pictures uh because I think a picture is worth at least 2,000 words in this case uh this is me at my highest weight 380 plus pounds um you know I joke with Ore a lot that we talk about like we used to do the layering thing thinking that would make us look slimmer and it didn't work um but what's what's sad about this photo is that the incomprehensible demoralization is right there written on my face, you know? And I think eyes really are windows to the soul. And when you look into those eyes, there's nothing but, but, but a God-sized hole. There's nothing there. There is nothing there but a whole lot of crazy. Even having lost 100 pounds, there's still nothing behind that smile. There's nothing behind those eyes. I was living a life that most people would probably be jealous of, you know, especially at my age, my early 20s. Um, I was doing these amazing, incredible things, but I'll be honest, I don't remember any of it or not much of it. I was just trying to get through things, right? There was no experiencing life. I was not living life. I was just getting through life as quickly as I could. Here it is, 175 pounds. I love seeing people's faces uh, when I show this photo because they think this is the last photo in the lot and it's not. You know, this is why I don't, I'm not here to tell you like how I eat. I'm not here to tell you what my abstinence is. I'm here to tell you how I got to God. And here, you know, the the spiritual maladies in full effect. It's, I felt like it was eating me inside out. I didn't have a name for it, but I was slowly dying. Uh, My sponsor in particular loves this photo because there's nothing again, behind those eyes. I could snap my fingers and you could gain, lose the weight that whatever your flavor of the disease is and it wouldn't make a difference because when life comes a knocking, my best friend food will definitely be here and it is waiting to pounce. It's right behind the door. It's right behind the curtain. It's hanging out for me under the bed for me to just go, this is good enough. I can't lift this anymore. I can't hang on anymore. And food will always be like, I got you. And today, I have a God that has me. Today, I have a power greater than myself that I truly believe 110% has my back. So this is me last April. It's my natal birthday. Luckily, I'm wearing pants today for you. (laughs) But... (laughs) Showing them
2: ankles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but oh my god, was it ever one of the best birthdays I ever had? Locked down in pandemic, having a Zoom dinner party with, with a bunch of my fellows here. What a gift. And it was a gift. I didn't hustle for it. I didn't trick anyone into it. I didn't I didn't sit here and, and win a lottery or a cracker jack prize for it. No. No, someone was willing to take my hand and walk me through the steps. And let me tell you something. I'm, I wish I could be a one and done with the steps. I continuously work them. Just because I'm halfway through, through, through the shore doesn't mean I stop swimming and let the tide carry me in. The work keeps going. Surprisingly enough, I still find resentments to dig up in, a, in another four step. But today I have fellows that I call friends and family, you know, and they're all sitting on this couch. They're all sitting off camera over here and it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. And I'll get into more because I can go on forever, but you know, just thanks for letting me quickly qualify.
0: Thank you so much, Lewis.
3: Thank you. Susan, would you like to qualify next? Sure. Hi, Susan recovered compulsive overeater. Suddenly feeling very reclaimed and overwhelmed by this. Um, Thank you so much, the Mid Mid-Hudson Intergroup. Love this Trudge Talk series, I think it's fantastic. And Amy, thank you so much for coming all the way. And this is one of the pleasures of Zoom. Never met Amy before, became friends with her. And here we are, haven't seen Janet for a year and we're all back together, which is really, really nice. Um, So to quickly qualify, if my producer would please put my photos up. And Amy, thank you for fixing them up. Um, so this is how I came into these rooms at 250 pounds. Um, the first one is in Regent's Park. I think I was um, I was driving. So I was definitely over 17, but I hadn't moved here yet. So I was between 17 and 20. And I remember being on a seesaw in Regent's Park and being so mortified because the girl on the other end was so much smaller than me. Um, and my weight went up and down, I lost hundred pounds way more than a handful of times, but I couldn't stay stopped. And what's happened for me today, I'm recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, because all the things that I said I would never ever do yet, all the things, not me, not me, I have done them. And I have do have a life today beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I don't struggle anymore. I don't fight food is just food. I have relationships in my life today that are second to none. I have my own boy band. I mean, what can I say? And, you know, we, we travel together and we've gone all over the world, literally in this last year. And it's been such a pleasure. And I just couldn't stay stopped because I didn't understand that it wasn't about Monday morning, that it wasn't about the right food plan. Like Lewis just said, I had to seek a relationship with a power greater than myself. Not one that I didn't believe in, just one that I didn't realize had a solution for me. Um, So I struggled for many, many years. My life was wonderful, or so I would have told you, it wasn't unmanageable at all. Uh, you know, I had a good job, I'd make my bed, but it wasn't about that, you know, it was about that pain inside, that loneliness and despair that Bill Wilson talks about when he says that alcohol had become my master and food did own me. It owned every single part of my soul from the inside out and today that isn't the story. You know, I live here in my heart with the language of the heart, I've done a lot of work, a lot of leveling of pride, a lot of leveling of ego and oftentimes there's a lot more to do and it, it comes up on days when I least expect it, but I have this amazing tribe around me who, believe me, these two tell me in a second when I'm being a schmo, they do not hesitate. Um, and I'm really- I told her
2: just this morning, a matter of fact.
3: <laughs> and I'm so grateful. And Lewis will tell me when I'm getting out of line. I get the look from them. So it's, it's really, really good. Um, so if you are struggling, if you are new, first of all, how wonderful that you're here today. I don't know if my friend Mary is on, I think she is from Florida. And she was one of my first friends in the room when my first sponsor, she and I had the same sponsor so get in the center of the herd. Oh, the picture's going down. Here I am today. Mm. Okay, so we added some new ones so that you could see full (laughs) length. I'm still thin, my hair is shorter. Same thing, Um, I went, to a music award show the other week. So I put on my fun silver boots and it was very, very fun. And all of these clothes still fit me, which again, left to my own devices. It's the direct result of working these steps, staying in the center of the herd. You are my friends, you are my family. And that's all I'm gonna say for now. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Susan. or hey, would you like to call finance?
2: For sure. My name is Ori. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Ori. <laughs> From Los Hi. Angeles. She forgot to, she left out that she's also a Peloton model. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have a celebrity in the house. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, my name is Ori. I'm a close eater And uh, on July 14th, I'll be celebrating uh, five years of food sobriety. And uh, I am down. Just over 250 pounds, Woohoo! yeah, <laughs> 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 and you know, so I could eat the, the easy one is to say, like, oh, down 250 pounds, like, that's that's the, the trophy of recovery, right? But honestly, I don't remember, like, I have to, I don't remember what it feel, feels like to be 485 pounds. Like I have to actually like think about mm. what, what it was like. Cause mm. at five years, it's like, that's not my motivator anymore. Like being 485 pounds, I honestly don't remember how that feels. Um, I have to kind of go through a process of, you know, I can give you what, you know, the you know, like images of what it was, but feeling it, I haven't felt it in a long time. But um, I, the hallmark of my recovery, I think today, is being a part of this group and sitting on this couch amongst people that know I adore them. They know that I love them. They know that I I wanna be with them and a part of their group. They know that. And that's for somebody like me, I'm not, I, I wasn't a joiner, right? Like that was the story that I had for myself, you know, because of my deep sense of inferiority, inadequacy, unlovability, not feeling good enough. I did everything that I could not to have to be a part of. It was so much safer to not be in a group Mm -hmm. out of fear of rejection or they won't like me. All this that I discovered through the process of inventory, right? And, And right now it's really in my face. And this is the next version of me being more inclusive. Um, being able to give time and my energy more, more generously, um, being more considerate of, of others, uh, maintaining relationships, developing, re- cultivating relationships, being a part of the crew. Mm. Like it take and, I, and I've said it in many of my shares and it, I hope it doesn't sound campy, but it takes a village to raise me. You know, it really does. Left to my own devices, I'm drowning. Left to my own thinking, my ideas, my beliefs, I'm drowning. And what I'm finding is there's safety in being in the group, in being a part of the, and that that's the hallmark of my recovery today. I'm becoming, I'm becoming a different person. Like, I really am. And just to give, just to give you an example, yesterday um, in the afternoon, I was invited to a party for a friend. And it was an honor to, to feel the honor in being invited and in going and being a part of and joining that group and learning how to develop, you know, new relationships with people that I don't know and carrying this new energy, God's vision into this group. That's a part of, that's, that's my recovery process. And then later on, going and dinner with my friends, like, man, that's uh, like, who am I? Like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And is that a result of losing 485 pounds? Nah, nah. I mean that's a part of the process, but really, I feel like God is working on me. He wants me to be a connector. God wants me to be plugged in. You know, I've been fighting this, like w- 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 thinking that I'm a lone wolf. Like Bill W. talks about. I'm a, you know, the remonstrances of my friends, ter- my friends terminated in a row. Like that wasn't me. I'm a connector by Nate, like that's my, how my, my higher power created me and um, yeah, I'm, I'm running on right now, but um, man, I'm going to wrap it with that for right now. Um, that's just a little bit of where I'm at and what's going on. Uh, oh, shit, he to show showing, look at this dude right here. Oh my goodness. Yes. Anyway, so Amy, go ahead.
0: Thank you. These are such wonderful photos of exactly what you're saying, this community and these this group that has you and to see the three of you together um, in your recovered state being a, a group and a crew is, is wonderful. Thank you for putting those photos together so you can share them. This is so, great. Thank you
1: all. Oh, oh we're not done. <laughs> no, we're
0: not done. Um, thank you for your qualifications and for speaking like you did. Um, I wanna say that when we were talking about the Trudge Talk schedule and I wanted to do one with the three of you, the thing that popped to my head was calling it that LA Recovery because there is something about um, the things that I I first heard on the AIG podcast before we were all brought into Zoom when we were in our little local places, that wonderful podcast resource. And I listened to each of you speaking about staying in the center of the herd and that is what i realized when i said what does that la recovery mean what am i trying to say what is that topic and it was about staying in the center of the herd that's what that's what you have taught me um lewis you said whether you like it or not good fellows will pull you into the center of the herd and Ora, you spoke about how you wanted to you weren't a joiner You're right your story was you, you had to be for yourself. Right. So what was it that made people who like it or not, who were in a joiner, what, what made you be willing to start getting into the center of the herd? Any of you that want to talk to
1: that? So I'll, I'll just do a a quickie on it where, you know, I say it's a quickie, but uh, (laughs) I tend to ramble. So stop me. So, so what it is, is I don't want to be a part of, right? I don't, for me, right? I'm like, doesn't matter how I grew up, whatever, da-da-da-da, I just want to, my disease wants me to stick it out by myself, right? And it gets in my head that I, I gotta do this alone. I gotta grin and bear it, that I just gotta roll with it. I gotta man up, you know, and it's not the case. It's not the case. You know, when I first walked into these rooms, crawled into these rooms, I viewed relationships as transactional, Mm. right? You do something for me, you know, I I then owe you. So let me do everything in my power to not owe you a damn thing. And then to have people in these rooms sit there, show genuine kindness that I never recognized really before, wasn't willing to see, right? You know, because before I just like, no, 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 you want something. And when, when Susan goes, let's go, let me show you how to grocery shop. And I'm thinking to myself, what does this lady get out of this? Like, who, who, who in the world wants, was willing to show someone on a grocery shop, you know? Someone who's in the center already and doesn't want to see me get picked off. Yeah. When my fellows ask me tough questions about what's going on with me, where are you? What's happening? Those are those people pulling me back towards the center. Those are the people who are in the middle and don't want to see me get picked off and to have genuine connection here and to realize that, holy crap, people care about me. And to be willing to accept that help and then it builds momentum. All of a sudden I'm like, I'm not alone. I can ask for help. And today I I will go to my grave saying, there is nothing in this life you have to do alone. Mm -hmm. Nothing, Mm
2: -hmm. nothing. Mm
0: -hmm. Or I do more example.
2: Yes, yeah, so I was trying to find it in A12 12 and 12, but it talks about the juggernaut of self-sufficiency. You know, I was the king of self-sufficiency, like, and I grew up in, a, I grew, you know, I, would, I had a PhD in the idea of self-sufficiency <laughs> that I can take care of, like, that, that upon my own resources, I'm supposed to have the answers for everything. I'm supposed to take care of everything. And if, it, if, it, if I'm incapable of doing it, it's not going to get done. I'm a failure. Like, that was my thinking. That was my mode of operation. And and it's like, in what realm does that philosophy work? In in what, like, anybody who's achieved any type of greatness in in this life has had the power of a team. So it was a, it was delusional thinking for me to think that myself will, me need, but you know what, look, I have to have a compassionate view of myself because that was the best thinking that I had. Mm. So, and, and, and look, I'm I'm not going to pretend to be some spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, Gandhi floating in the clouds. And oh, it's so beautiful. And my growth and evolution. Mm-hmm. Look, I had to do it out of necessity. I had to do it out of necessity. It was my way of living was killing me. And I and this is no exaggeration. I was practicing hanging myself. That's where my thinking got me. My best efforts got me to wanting to kill myself. So out of necessity, I had to find another way. Out of necessity, I had to find reliance. And through that, through that pain, then I discovered, oh, this is actually incredible and loving. Like this is healing me being a part of this community and being one amongst many and working for the greater community and a greater purpose than just me. Like that is a, a shit existence, me just being in my, my head all the time. It's exhausting. It's exhausting, absolutely.
3: Susan, do you have something to add to yes, that? Yes, I do. Hi. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to say, and this is, some of you will have been at the meeting with us, but I can just remember when o came back this time, oh, he man. could not sit still in a meeting.
2: Pacing. This is
3: a room with 80 of us and he just couldn't sit. He'd come in with his hoodie in the back and sit like this. And I always had to have a bathroom break and I'd go over and say hi to him. And he would literally recoil and he'd pace in and out, in and out and slowly but surely got him to come closer. And this is how we would sit on Sunday mornings at the meeting and he no longer gets up. And, you know, I did take Lewis to the grocery store and he didn't like it. And I think he still pushes the trolley into my ankles (laughs) when we go out on purpose, (laughs) still holding a grudge. And he went there very pouty, Um, you know, and this (laughs) is all about fellowship. And in the 24-hour day book, I was just looking through for things. And I was thinking, Melissa, when I read this, because Melissa, you always say this, you know, human beings were not meant to live alone. It says that on December 9th. A hermit's life is not a normal or natural one. We right. all need to be by ourselves at times, but we cannot really live without the companionship of others, our natures demand it. Our lives depend largely upon, sh- upon it. And you know, it's all about that fellowship that you crave. And I just didn't know I was craving anything mm-hmm. else. Had a large family, didn't really like a lot of them at the time, had plenty of friends but this is really these people who understand me and I haven't known them you know, that long, really when you think about it. Um, and yet I have a bond with them that is so unique and with a lot of you um, on the screen today. And it's just, it's just incredible. And again, the direct result of working these steps, right? Of going through that doctor's opinion, seeing what is actually wrong, listening to Bill Wilson, watching, I don't know if somebody this morning was talking about how they did a talk on the doctor's opinion and their opinion. And once I really read it and had an (laughs) understanding and can just go (laughs) through Bill's story and think, that's Mm -hmm. me, that's me. I came to America and got off that plane and thought I've Mm -hmm. arrived. What's going to happen? And nothing did except drive throughs and 24 hour day grocery stores. And one meeting of Overeats Anonymous in 1983. And that, set me on the road and that's why god brought me here right god launches a search and rescue mission as melissa and janet always say and i believe that and it talks about that throughout the book right from the titanic on it always talks about launching missions, and basically we leave no no man gets left behind here so thank you
0: i a common thread between what the three of you said you talked about why is this woman helping me you talked about the juggernaut <laughs> of self-sufficiency Efficiency. You talked about not even liking your own family. I hear a common thread of a lack <laughs> of trust, a mm. fear of trust, mm-hmm. and that could keep one out of that. How, just any thoughts on getting past that, making, letting go of the fear of not being able to trust that other people want to help or will be here with you? Because
1: 37 years for me of not trusting, right? 37 years of trying to go alone, right? 37 years of my own ideas, you know, I have, if you put it, if I could on a spreadsheet, put it all out, right? If I could send it to the lab, they would send me undeniable quantifiable evidence that my ideas, my own devices, right, are crap. It's crap. It hasn't worked. Yeah, I can, you know, I can get two or three rungs up the ladder, but I'm gonna, my own ego is gonna get in the way. My own fear is my per paralyzed by, by indecision and fear. I'm gonna get knocked down four or five. So let me try something different, right? Life, but life, like I said, life had to beat the crap out of me somewhere, right? right? Like, life, what was the big was Beaten into a state of reasonableness, right? You know, I had to get punched in the gut by life and this disease for me to just go enough. How much more could I take? And i and told this story a thousand times, so sorry if you've heard it, where, you know, it took me to the brink of wanting to kill myself in my apartment alone. I don't want to be a sponge for pain anymore. So I had to try something different.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I learned, I just learned actually this year as a result of working another program that distrust is a character defect that mm-hmm. I suffer mm-hmm. from. And... That was profound for, for me. My so when we look at our seven instincts in the fourth in in the fourth step, one emotional security. I have a lot of fixed ideas about what I need to mm-hmm. feel emotionally secure right. and safe, and I learned that oh, like as I'm growing, oh maybe some of those ideas standards um, can be can be reduced, and maybe. And as I as I gain, I don't know how to describe, it, but I feel like I'm more secure within myself and more solid at my core as I, as my expectations and demands upon the world have starting to lessen. And I don't need I don't require people to live up to this amazing standard of loyalty in whatever mm-hmm. it is so I can feel emotionally secure with them. Like now I'm becoming more trusting because I'm more secure with myself and my higher power. Like I I know I'm gonna be taken care of and people are infallible, I'm infallible. And maybe perfection in relationships is not even necessary Mm. to have a great relationship. Like I'm learning that I don't have to have these amazing standards to trust somebody. They don't have to live up to these incredible standards. Like I can be an open system. That's something that I'm actively working on. I can be an open system and uh, yeah.
3: Susan what does our text say about
2: that? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the
1: scribe.
3: Um, you know I just want to say that when I came here I had tons of information tons. I had thrown money at people non-stop. I had a lot of information. I'd done a lot of reading. I had been to a lot of different places but did they form transformation? Absolutely. If you do that diet, well, absolutely. And I lost the weight, but then I didn't have any information to stay stopped. Mm. And once I made that decision to come here, once I put out my hand and somebody told me to stop talking and asked me actually not to talk even at a meeting for 90 days. Wow. (laughs) Really? I did it. I'm a very good soldier. I
4: survived.
3: Talk a lot. <laughs> um, on page one eighty in Doctor Bob's nightmare, in that big paragraph, the la- one of the last ones, it says, "What did that man do or say that was different from what others had done or said?" And you know, I'm paraphrasing, but this man had experienced many years of frightful food addiction, compulsive overeating, bulimia, undereating, and he had almost all the same drunkard mm. experiences that I'd had but who had been cured by the very means which I'd been trying to employ. However, I'd been trying to employ self-will, right? And willpower. What Bill Wilson did, what he brought to Dr. Bob was that the spiritual approach, right? It had right. a spiritual awakening, a right. spiritual rearrangement as it talks about in Appendix 2, change. Mm-hmm. That word is all over Appendix 2, right? Change, change, change. And here's change, the thing, a far- don't sing yet. Of far more importance was the fact that he was the first living human. So I'd come in and out of meetings for 16 years, not listening to you, just folding my arms, Mm. just being really annoyed. But I came back of my own free will, let me tell you. None of you made me come. I had ever talked who knew what he was talking about in regard to alcoholism from his actual experience. And here's that language of the heart. In other words, he talked my language. He knew all the answers and certainly not because he had picked them up in his reading, right? Mm. We get to live this, that Mm -hmm. spiritual progress, not perfection, right? We get to do this, this design for living that works. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, part of it was the fear, knowing that probably this was it and what happens if it doesn't work? Not realizing that the it be me, the it that lived up here was the only thing that could get in the way. And once I let go of that and really not talking for 90 days for a girl like me, was actually a really, really good thing. I was, I, I could read, but it was, <laughs> I wish they're probably wishing I would stop talking. Hey, I would love to see days. you do that
2: now. Let's see if you have that power or ability to do it now.
3: <laughs> I don't, but yeah. And, you know, I will mm. say that from doing all these things, you know, Dr. Bob did talk about, they had the craving. Once I had, you know, defined what it was, It was no red, yellow or green. It was just yes or no, Mm. you know, at no time have I been anywhere near yielding and not because I'm so precious or
4: perfect, Mm.
3: but again, because I stay in the center of the herd, whether it be from, you know, taking phone calls, you know, really early in the morning if people from Europe have called me and I'll say, I'm doing my makeup. If you want to talk to me, I'm happy to. I do whatever it takes to stay stopped because I know where I haven't been yet. And I know what's still available to me if I take back my own self-will, because 250 would be a blink, a blink. You know, this dress could not fix fit me in five days. It's elasticated around the waist, so maybe we've got seven. But, you know, one bite and I would be off. And I don't know that I have it in me to do this again. I just don't, so. Anyway. But, you,
2: but, but you know what, what's incredible and what, What I see in you and what I'm experiencing as well is not only do you have, it's a deadly seriousness to why you do what you do, but you also enjoy it. Like that's something that inspires me where I'm at in my recovery today. Like to see you actually enjoying doing what you're doing. It's like, it's not a forced thing. Like you enjoy what you're doing.
4: I do.
3: Yeah. I like you all a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's
0: get specific. Staying in the center of the herd, concrete examples of what that looks like, what, what kind of activities, what kind of, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, what, what are the things that pull one and keep one into the center of the herd?
3: Um, I think working with others just doesn't talk about being a sponsor. Right, because you come along and you can't work with others immediately, but you can because you can say hi to the newcomer. Um, We are all at the moment all on the board. God help the LA board. Um, We are. um, And I was told from day one put out a chair, sit near the front of the room, raise your hand to speak, go over, you know, just be a part of if you can be helpful in any single way to anybody else, even if it is. Do you want to go to the grocery store? the guy sitting in the back of the room who can't come forward because again, it says that this is our 12th suggestion, carry this message. So what is the message? You have to have worked the 88 pages prior to be able to carry the message, but you also know what feels like to be in pain. You recognize that person, be a part of local fellowship. So important. I mean, obviously the last year and a half, we're all each other's local fellowship. Um, So, you know, we've been on the board, which we helped to do And even if you are shy, you know, put yourself in with a group of big personalities like us. Ask us where we're going, what we're doing. We're happy to take you along. You know, find the people opposites attract um, and just ask for help because it says that you will watch this loneliness vanish. Vanish. You know, look at the words and you will see a fellowship grow around you. And it says you must not miss this experience. And it is the bright spot in your life and some days when my alarm goes off believe me i'm thinking one more hour one more hour i have a fellowship call with a someone who some of us are friends with in italy every thursday morning at 6 a.m so it means my day has to start 5 a.m on a thursday instead of at half five but you know what i love talking to her and it gives her a break in her day And it's amazing. So I'm a little bit tired, so I go to bed a little bit earlier on Thursday nights. Big deal. But it's just staying in the center, being social, saying yes when you immediately want to say no. Like Ores said, believe me, we drag him everywhere now, and he happily goes. And I tell them both, this is what's going on this weekend. This is where you're going. This is what you're doing. He'll call me on a Friday and go, what am I marching orders?
2: (laughs) That's how I like it.
3: (laughs) So... If you don't know me, get to know me. or find a girl like me who will slap you into the center with her.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what
3: about you, concrete example? One. You know,
2: look, so I'm going to throw away the word service right now because it it, it has a certain, it, it was helpful for me when somebody talked about just help somebody. Be helpful. You know, give back. And I had a passage here in the AA 12 and 12 that I was about to read. Basically the sentiment is this, you can be of help wherever you're at. Right now, you know, and, and I hope this doesn't fall into the category of humble bragging because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I suffer from humble bragging sometimes, but um, like I work with a bunch of sponsees, taking people actually through the work. Um, like Susan mentioned, I'm on the board. Um, I have commitments at meetings. I'm going to at least because of Zoom, I can go to at least seven meetings a week. Um, what else? Uh, and, and I take normal calls throughout the day of people who are struggling. Um, I'm making calls. Um, so th- that's that's the level of effort that I put into my recovery. And it's not, like I said, it's it's a joy. It provides relief. Um, but th- those are practical things that I actually do to be a part of. And initially I didn't have that ability. I didn't have all the tools that I have available to me now. I didn't have all the resources. So I put up, you know, I was putting out chairs and I was being a timer and um, you know, just finding ways to be of help. Um, and, and I think you can do that at whatever level you're at. There's ways to be of help. And, and, and what I'm learning is one of the greatest ways to be of help is just listening to another person. Not you know, not spiritualizing them and you know beating them over the head with the big book immediately, but just hearing a person, what's going on in your life, and then we can talk about the solution later. Just listening, just listening, and being there for a person—that's really helpful. So, thank so you. I'll, I'll just start. I'll just
1: say quickly just that, you know, this this one's good for me because especially in the beginning, uh, in those very first months. It's uncomfortable and it feels weird and foreign. And, you know, my sponsor would tell me, you're gonna feel uncomfortable. You're gonna feel weird, but just try saying yes. When someone reaches out, try picking up the phone, try saying yes. And, And I would do that, you know, be tolerant of my own discomfort. And, and holy crap, I almost bawled my eyes out when I was five months in. And I was doing this tiny, tiny meeting that was in the middle of the week at 7 30 in the morning. And someone like like just smiling said, look at you being a part of. Mm. And and I nearly, I like, I want to cry now because but because like it was so freaking meaningful because I was like, like this, this is really uncomfortable. But but that warm, amazing feeling I got when they said this, and they had no idea they they had done this to me, you know, they had no idea but just being uncomfortable and try saying yes.
3: And I Go just ahead. want to add that, you know, the book tells us that God will reveal more to you. And you just don't know, you know, that person who you thought you'd have nothing in common with. They're not my cup of tea. What do you know? What do I have in common with them? They become, <laughs> I make them drink tea. They won't. Um, they become your best friends, you know? The scales of pride and prejudice, they fall from right before your eyes. They really, really do because everybody comes in here with a fixed idea. You don't wanna say it out loud, I'm saying it for you. We do because we're human. So we all have a little bit of judgment when we come in here. And now look, right? I just, I know nothing. We realize we know only a little. God will reveal more to you. So as you're seeking that relationship, those friends, that fellowship will appear. It will appear you know we will walk towards you and we will meet you right so
0: thank you thank you is there anything else you want to pull out of the text? not I right see. now okay all right great so um lewis you were talking about in the first few months it's uncomfortable and um you say you stay in the center of the herd because you don't want to get picked off we're we're addicts right we we we're go big or go home you don't want to get picked off on the edges. How do you stay in the center without getting trampled, without um, getting overwhelmed, mm. without feeling that I have all these responsibilities as opposed to opportunities? Mm. Where's the shift on that? This is, this, is, this is
1: really good because this, I love things boiled down because I am I, just speaking for myself and I don't know if any of you can relate, but I love to complicate things.
2: <laughs> I love
1: I love to take a molehill and make it into the biggest mountain. Right. And, and not just Everest. I'm talking the universe. Right. I'm really good at that. Yeah. So I work on the premise that I don't know jack nothing. Yeah. Right. So if I'm not sure about something, if I if that's creeping into my head, oh, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Is this not enough? Is it too many calls? Is it not enough calls? Da, 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 da. Ask your sponsor. Ask your sponsor. Write to your sponsor. And if and if you don't have a sponsor today, you know, you might be having a bad time. So I will strongly suggest you get a sponsor because you don't have to walk this alone, right? I am not working in a vacuum. None of this was put together in a vacuum. You know, there's 82 people here right now, right? This This doesn't work without you guys here. So as soon as the, the thoughts start popping in, and here's the thing, the book tells us, right? They're gonna pop in. The feelings are gonna pop in. The thoughts are gonna pop in. It's what it's the action we take after that, right? So ask someone else, hey, your aunt, your sponsor's not picking up the phone, call a fellow, call someone in your tribe, you know, and tell them, this is what I'm thinking, you know? And I love it. Sometimes I need someone to tell me, Lewis, that's crazy. My perception is not reality, right? For me, you know, when I would look at the mirror at 380 pounds, oh, I look great. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> That's my perception, you know. And 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 I can't live in a vacuum. I can't live in a vacuum. I mean, there have been moments where I'll text Susan, I'm like, do I have to introduce myself again? Or you know, I'm texting RA. Right, what do I do about this? Is this is this crazy?
2: Nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. Do you feel like, do you feel like you intuitively get nudges in directions too? Like, do yeah. you feel like that's getting stronger for you? It, it, it has. It's yeah. just out of sheer discomfort. Right. Because right. when I know,
1: and this is after, like I said, look, I, when I first came in, I had a relapse after three months and it scared the hell out of me. So, you know, the spidey senses go off, right? Like as, as times gone, as the years have gone on where the spidey sense kicks in, right? The book says it becomes a working part of the mind. So as soon as I start, I start feeling icky and weird. I'm like, this does not feel kosher, right? Now I gotta make the call. And and the beautiful thing about staying in the middle of the herd, you guys, is that odds are really freaking good that someone in these 82 squares here has experienced what you're going through, right? Odds are pretty darn good. And as you get around, especially now with Zoom, get to know your fellows, get to know their experiences, like or I say earlier, listen to someone.
2: Then you know who to
1: call when the poop hits the fan.
2: When the poop hits the fan. I'm trying to keep it clean.
1: (laughs) Did you want to say
3: more about that?
2: No, 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 we got it.
3: Susan? I just want to say, because Lewis mentioned it, if you are trying to self-sponsor, from my own experience of that 16 years, it doesn't work. And I have a pretty good feeling that it doesn't work today. Um, And it is so vital, not only sponsorship, but it's these friendships in here, right? If somebody who's anorexic calls me, I can't really help them. I can bring them to the steps, but I can't feel the way they're feeling. But I can see three faces here right now on my screen of who I can tell them to call, who I know have had those experiences. Because the thing is, I don't have to have all the answers. But again, being in the center of the herd, being a member of this fellowship, going all over, listening to others, taking down phone numbers, I know which direction to point somebody. And I can't guarantee that they'll pick up the phone. But I also just don't have to have all the answers. And if I am feeling jiggy over something, and I don't know if Deborah's here, my sponsor, and Mm -hmm. if I can't find Deborah, I have other people I can call on this first screen. There's about 10 of you I could call because you know me enough and and that's a great gift. And because it reminds us here in working with others, after all our problems were of our own making. So I'm having an issue of gone right here, right? I'm already I'm losing that God consciousness. I'm starting to separate myself because I already know better. And it says we've stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. And I know I have to, right? So if I'm starting to have a little wrestle with my head, starting to think suddenly I have a really good idea. It's probably time to pick up the phone. And I say pick up the phone. I don't say text pick up the phone, let people get to know you, let them hear your voice. Let them know that the minute you pick up and say, I'm having a rubbish day, it's okay. You get to tell them and you get brought back to God. And oftentimes you have to look at your part in that bad day, but that's okay. That's okay because that is the solution, right? And then I return to God consciousness. I have that conscious contact. Sandy B, who's a big speaker in AA, He always talks about either have conscious contact or conscious separation, Mm. which is it to be. So I have a chat with God before I get out of bed. And one of my friends who isn't in the rooms knows before I get out of bed, I have a chat. So I'm a nice girl during the day. And I say the set aside prayer and I say another couple of prayers and then we get off and charge into the day. So
2: you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So something you said brought this re- like this is uh, from the AA 12 and 12 on page uh, 122 to 123. It said and this is I love this reading. It's like one of my favorite readings. It says but not so with the alcoholics. When AA was quite young, a number of eminent psychologists and mm-hmm. doctors made an exhaustive study of good sized group of so-called problem drinkers. The doctors weren't trying to find how different we were from one another. They sought to find whatever personality traits, if any, this group of alcoholics had in common. They finally came up with a conclusion that shocked the AA members of that time. These distinguished men had the nerve to say that most of the alcoholics under under investigation were still childish, emotionally sensitive, emotionally sensitive, me, Mr. Emotionally sensitive, and grandiose, oh my God, Mr. Grandiosity. Now the next paragraph. Here's the beauty. Here's the kicker. How we alcoholics did resent that verdict. We would not believe that our adult dreams were often truly childish. This is why I need a group. Mm.
0: Thank you. Thank you for adding that. That was very, very powerful. (laughs) So I want to go on something actually that Susan said when you were talking about you're looking at the screen, you see 10 people you can call. What if you're a newcomer and you don't know any face on the screen? I've had pers- I've had people say, "Oh, I can't call that person. They're too recovered. I can't call that person. I'm not worthy of mm. this, that, and the other thing." How? What do you say to somebody that doesn't know any faces on the screen? What do you say to somebody who sees someone with strong recovery and feels not worthy of the conversation?
3: Um. Phone calls honestly weren't hard for me, I'm going to be very honest, because I'm not shy. It wasn't, they were slightly uncomfortable, but I spend my whole day on the phone at work. That's what I do, it's, it's a lot of phone calls and I also come from a big family, so there's a lot of talking non-stop. There's never any silence. I see Melissa nodding, because we both come from big families, so she knows. <laughs> and my first sponsor used to tell me, fight for the right to be uncomfortable. And that's where the leveling of pride begins, right? That's where it begins. And I know that myself and I know a couple of other people here, we're always writing down the numbers of newcomers. So I'm really sorry we're going to call you anyway. And if you have made that decision, if you know that alcohol is your master, nothing will stand in your way. If you have started to turn your will and your life over and you're right there, right? At step zero, you're willing to go to any lengths, that phone will just, it will just be, it will just be. And even if you don't know what to say, call me. I know what to say. I can, don't worry. <laughs> you won't have to say, <laughs> I'll let you talk, but I'll know if you're nervous. Yeah. It's, I've been on a lot of dates. I know how to do this. Trust me. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> I know yeah. how to
5: talk to
6: people.
4: Wow. <laughs>
3: okay. So, so you're
0: someone who didn't have problems talking to people. You spoke about already so, being yeah. alone in the back of the room. What's, what's your take on that?
2: Okay. So I'm gonna just, look, I, especially as a newcomer, I mean, even at five years, you know, like, there's a fear of that intimacy that comes up when just making a call. Like, that, that's just natural. I think that's just a part of the deal, especially, you know, like I said, I'm coming in, I am self-sufficient to the core. I'm really, where it really comes down to is I'm hurt, I'm sensitive, I'm childish, and making new, you know, having to call people. It's the hardest thing, especially in OA. Oh, my God. But so that's natural. But I'm also going to not put all the the responsibility upon the newcomer. Something that my sponsor has drilled into me is mm. like I, I suffered from moral superiority for a long time, and I always wanted to present myself as recovered. Oh, I'm so recovered. And I know the big book and I I can quote and pontificate on the big <laughs> book. I'm, I'm the great and powerful or, you know, like I, that. I, I presented that version, not consciously doing it, but I did present a certain face. And one thing my sponsor drilled into me is to expose my vulnerability. And that's something that I try to do every share. Now I try to share that I am a mess still, just less of a mess. And I still struggle. I want people to know that I'm accessible. I'm just like them. I have my I have my darkness still to this day that I need God to heal. Like I am like this guru, like we guru rise people. I don't know what the word is, but like, and I think that's a fault. To, like, it's my responsibility to break myself down to a basic level and show that I need this work just as much as another person. I'm just down the road a little bit longer. That's all that is. So, I think that's my responsibility is to come down and not get all you right. know, and that's
1: the that's the identification, right? Like when when we're talking to a newcomer, you know, like if you're if you're new, you know, we we've been there. You know, we're still there. You know, and we're still going along. You know, I and 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 one of my favorite things that like I'm, I'm whacked out, right? I, I will openly say I'm just whacked out sometimes still. And it's just a little less like I already said. But, but like what I need are examples. So when I'm in the big book and it gives the example of the guy who won't stop walking in front of the damn trolley, right? And we're reading that story and I'm just, and everyone's just like, the guy's a dope. Why does he keep walking in front? You just got out of the hospital. What are you doing? Like quit walking in front of the thing. So for me, I even look every day. I don't, I don't wake up and I sit there like, I can't wait to make a bunch of calls today, you know, still. So I still have to sit there and go, Louis. if I'm a drowning man, I'm not going to go like, Hey, this guy's too good a swimmer. He can't save me. You know, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't, af- I can't afford it. You know, I can't afford it. So, so if, you know, I can't be picky. You know, but like, but like, already said too. I have to level myself and a, and 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 identify. You know. So here's the thing. I, I wish I was. We were using my box, but I'll throw my number in the chat. Call me. Call me. I'm not shy. Hit me up. No, you know? he isn't. No, I'm not shy. <laughs> I'm not shy. But but give me a buzz. I'm happy to take your call. Can I just say? Yes. So, yes. Um, in the AA
3: twelve and twelve. Um, the premise of 12 and 12 is all about service, right? And it talks about in the beginning that the joy of living, which mm. the LA intergroup did have a fabulous workshop on the joy of living that oray put together <laughs> and it was recorded. So it's on OALAIG if you want to hear about that. And it talks about the, we experience here, the kind of giving that asks, no rewards.
1: Right.
3: And it also says that the kind of love that we receive here has no price tag on it. And then it, Goes on further and it talks about step 12. And it says, the wonderful energy it releases and the eager action by which it carries our message to the next suffering alcoholic, which translates the 12 steps into action upon all our affairs, is the payoff, the magnificent reality of Alcoholics Anonymous. And then it goes on to say, this is indeed the kind of living that actually demands nothing. So when you do make that phone call, even if you are new, somebody could be having a really crummy day just because you're recovered doesn't mean you don't have a crummy day
4: Mm
3: -hmm. right because my recovery is contingent right so 24 hours a day is all i have so as you're picking up that phone thinking oh gosh i just can't do this who knows who you're helping on the other end right I could be getting ready ready to scream at somebody on the freeway. I could be, you know, just anything. And then all of a sudden you call and I'm just so nice going, hi, this is Susan. Can I help you? Um, right. So right. You, <laughs> you could be saving me. So we're all in this fellowship together, you know, right? We're all here to be of service to each other.
1: But and like I said, just last thing, it just but that doesn't mean it won't be uncomfortable, right? Like, and, and that's, it's fine. It's fine. Be uncomfortable.
0: Thank you. And it doesn't have to be one last thing. You could keep going. No, no, no Oh, okay, great. Okay, so um, <laughs> Susan, you had said before talking about, um, and you read from the book about how human beings are not meant to be alone. So that's fellowship. We've also been talking about service. I, My personal experience is that service breeds fellowship. Yeah. I think both of those two concepts are connected by purpose a purpose we're not meant to be alone we're meant to have fellowship and service we're not meant to only be for ourselves What did mm-hmm. you say the juggernaut of self-reliance mm-hmm. we're meant to be helpful people can you just anybody want to speak at all towards like purpose
2: you're good you've done this before
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have listened to all of you and 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 that's and this is what i'm learning so i would like to learn more go for it Uh i just don't want
1: to die i just like here here's the honest to god truth this is a horrific way to die from this disease yeah it's not it's not a i you know i i wish it could be fast It's a slow, horrific way to die. And I just don't want to do that. Because in working these steps, right, in working the steps, right, in in letting myself, you know, be pulled into the middle, right, letting myself be sponsored, right, willing to take direction, willing to just say, yes, okay, despite what my head says, you know, I'm not dying today. I've been given this amazing gift. And even the smallest taste of it in the beginning was for me to go, holy shit, I don't have to live like this anymore. Right. And when I look around in the beginning, especially I would see these people who had what I wanted. I, you know, at first it was like really annoying. Why are you hugging? Why are you smiling? Why are you laughing? Life sucks. And then when I got a taste of that and, and knowing I didn't have to be in the dark anymore, that I could be in the sunlight of the spirit with you guys, you know, now I just don't want to die. And today, right. It's not even me. I don't want to see Ori die. I don't want to see you die. I don't want to see Susan die. I don't want to see any of these guys. Mary, Manya, Carrie, Tanya, you know, Scott, Eileen. I don't want to see anyone. But
2: you know, you know, so there's there's also like I used to have a lot of ideas of what would make a good life
6: mm.
2: mm-hmm. like cars more money, bigger house the ladies <laughs> like I used to in to get like now to when I'm working with others and to see the lights cut on for somebody right and to see people take this design for living and apply it and see that, see what I'm experiencing happen in them. Like yeah. that is profound. It's, right. right. And, and I'm afraid to say this, like, and like I really, cause it feels weird to say like, that is, there's nothing in my life that provides that same joy. Mm. And if i was sitting in uh, watching this and you know coming in and, and listening to the guy i am now i would like this guy some he's on some bullshit. <laughs> like but i'm really feel, like working with somebody else is is a joy and my sponsee's gonna attest to this like i'm passionate about it and to see them experiencing it it's like it's the greatest it's one of the greatest gifts that i can I, i'm mm-hmm. experiencing like so it's not just about death it's about seeing them actually live, right? It's, I don't know. I can't yeah. even put words to it, honestly.
3: And I just want to add, and because you're all here on the screens, you're not anonymous, so I'm gonna say your names. You know, Harlan always reminds us this is permanent, progressive, and fatal. And Harlan talks about openly how this disease emasculated him.
2: Yeah.
3: Jen talks about how she lost a friend to anorexia, how she came in here, the thinnest girl in the room. There's others of you here who I know who've been hospitalized, who've come back from relapse. And this is why it's so important to be in the center of this herd, because you just don't know. You just don't know when you're going to start drowning, right? It doesn't mean that I'm going to eat today. It's those behaviors. So that's another thing about letting people get to know you. And start with all the behaviors oh i don't need this with my meditation i don't really need to return this phone call this week oh i'll just say i never got the message for me i'm a girl who weighs and measures her food when i'm at home oh it's just an extra smidge of this it's just a bit of that it's just a bit of that that's the progression right and then when can't i stop when do i start leaving god out of the equation mm. when do i not want to be with them on the weekends mm-hmm. When do I not want the girls who I sponsor to have, you know, an once a month baby meeting with them all and to see them? That's when it begins. And it's permanent, it's progressive, and it's fatal. And this is a horrible way to go. And it's not just those of us who reach large numbers who die. Mm -hmm. It's the girls who vomit. It's the girls who don't eat. And, you know, these two and other people here on the line have visited you know people in the last year in hospitals who couldn't get out of bed at six seven hundred pounds they could share the message but they couldn't help this one man stay stopped because he couldn't make that decision he couldn't turn his will in his life over right and they all went every week right a whole group of them to the hospital but the power wasn't coming from them and it just couldn't be heard so you just don't know and that's part of picking up the phone and not being scared because this will come for you. And it comes at you hard and it comes at you furiously. And there might not be another Monday or another day with a why that I can stop again. And I don't want to take that risk.
0: Thank you. Um, Sitting here listening to you and I feel my heart breaking open Um, and it makes me think of the pain that so many of us have, speak for myself, that I know that I had before I came in, this horrible pain, and then the similar... The similar um, uh, enormity of feeling rescued, both of those things, the things Damn. the heart is breaking or it's breaking open.
2: Uh, go ahead. Talk on that. Yeah. You know, uh, I talk about it all the time. Uh, I'm a believer in the magic of this program. You know, I have a, I have an immense experience of relapse in this time around. I didn't do anything to earn the recovery that I have. Like I, I, I didn't do anything except I was just in a lot of pain in that moment where I got the willingness to come back and to show up in a new way. All I asked God was God, please help me get back. And please help me show up in a new way. I, cause because I was out of treatment and I knew I needed to be fully immersed and I know I didn't, I didn't have that ability to, to do what was necessary. I prayed and it came. And I didn't even pray for abstinence. I just wanted to get back. And I came back and then the ability to abstain came. And, and this was before I started working the steps. That's why I'm like, what, what? I don't know what happened, but the lights came on and it is a precious gift. And that's why I do not mess around with this thing because I, am, I firmly believe it may not come back. And if it does, it may take it may take four, five, six, seven years. I got a brother on right now where he was he was rock solid and he was kicking he was kicking hard in this program and then lost it. And I think he was out there for like seven years, five to seven years. You never know. So this gift is precious, man. If you got it, hold on to it. Hold on to it, brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> hold, hold hold it. No,
0: no, but that's, that's no, but I'm
2: different. serious though. I just want to add a little levity, you know, like just hey. Can I ask
3: you a question? Because I don't remember. When you came out of rehab, did you come straight back or did you relapse again? And then?
2: No. So I I didn't. When I got out of rehab, the last thing I wanted to do was come back to program. Okay. And (laughs) I I wanted to find another way. Like, I didn't want to come back. And it took six months of sliding back into and and getting back to the darkness and being drowning in ghetto Chinese food. And putting on weight again, getting, creeping up back in my weight. Oh, you guys never heard of ghetto Chinese food? I called
0: it dirty Chinese
2: Dirty Chinese, yeah, the dollar stuff. That's the good stuff, that MSG stuff. Anyway, so it took six months of getting pounded again (laughs) to come back. Darius, you know what that ghetto Chinese food is like, (laughs) dog. You know it. Yeah, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah.
0: But you said, and I'll let you go in a second, Lewis, but you, no. you said, hang on to it. And I immediately thought of Bill's story yes. where, he's, where he goes to the doc- his friend and he said, the doctor to ask if I were still sane, this right. is page 14. Right. He listened in wonder. Finally, he shook his head saying, something has happened to you. Right. Anything, mm-hmm. uh, but you. Uh, something has happened to you. I don't understand, yep. but you had better hang on to it because anything is better than the way you were. Right. So you said it in jest, but that is, that is it. We, we don't, we don't know, we don't have to understand. Right. But if you have it, if we have it, we must protect it and hold it and staying in the center of the herd is part of the ways that we Absolutely. do that. Go
2: ahead, Absolutely. Liz. Absolutely.
1: No, I, I was just gonna say, because it, you know, with with our stories, you know, it's not, you know, one of my one of my favorite paragraphs, or it's become my favorite paragraph in the last year, especially during the pandemic. Uh, uh you know, because we sit here, we have our experiences and it's, sometimes it's tempting to want to forget it, right? Sometimes it's tempting to just want to put it all behind us and put it and throw it in the trunk and just be like, you know, off we go. I got my new life. Peace out, you know, and, and, and I just, you know, and you, you already know where I'm going with, with page 124, right? Showing others who suffer how mm-hmm. we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have. The key to life and happiness for others with it, you can avert death and misery for them. That's beautiful. Dude. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I talk about my experiences and call me, I'll tell them to you, like it's today, I would love to just throw it out just into the ocean and let it sink to the bottom but I have to hold on to that because I need you to know how I did this too. You know, how I did this with these guys, you know, how I did it with these guys over here, you know, like, like how I have that higher power today.
3: Tell me about your kidney experience.
1: Oh, Susan Susan told me to tell you about my kidney experience. (laughs) So stop me if you've heard this one. Uh, (laughs) 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 Oh, sorry. So, so um, I've had a unique experience and, I've, I've lost the kidney, I've gone on dialysis and I've had a kidney transplant twice, uh, out of recovery and in recovery. And I can just tell you from my experience that this work is the easier, softer way. Because when I, lost, when I lost the kidney the first time I went through that whole experience, it was three years long. And I white knuckled it the entire time. I did what I wanted. I just gritted and bared it. I didn't tell anyone what was happening because I was going to get through this. I was going to push through. Let me try something different this time around. I have a higher power that I believe has my back. I have friends and fellows in this, you know, in this group. Let me try something different. God is or is it? Let me let people know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Let, let me bring them into my life mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. And these people came, these people, these people. Easy, brother. These, <laughs> <laughs>
2: They came to see
1: me in the hospital. These people brought meetings to my home. Yeah. These people took me for walks around the block when I had 40 mm. some staples on my abdomen. Yeah. Talk about being in the middle of the herd. I would have loved to just lock myself in my room, watch Netflix and play PlayStation. Let me try something different. Yes. And what an amazing gift I received. Amen. And, and I can't thank, thank everyone enough. I can't. You know, the only thing that I can do to repay that, right, is give away what's been given to me. So that's why I emphatically say, if you're struggling today, reach out. Fellows will do for you what they did for me. I'll do for you what they did for me. Thank you.
0: Um, Right at the beginning, you had said, when life comes a knock in, my best friend food will always answer the door. Yeah. How how certain are you that this fellowship will always answer the door, will be on the other side? What what if that comes
3: to you? Just 1 million percent this fellowship would always be here for me. It would be me who wouldn't be there for them
0: Mm. if
3: I make the wrong decision. That fork in the road, right? This is the step that separates the men from the boys, as it says. If I suddenly cross the threshold and have a good idea and I'm sitting there with my bakery boxes and bags or in the cold section, which is where I'd like to be, it's me who isn't there for you, not you who isn't there for me. Mm. It's me and my decisions. It's me and my thinking, right? So
2: the herd doesn't keep you
3: out. No.
2: You So you make that choice to yeah. disconnect.
3: Yeah, if, if, I mean, hopefully never ever again, but yes. Mm. But I think that that's a decision that I make when I let go of my heart. And again, behaviors come back in. And that's again why having a sponsor being in the center of the herd letting people know what's going on. So I don't start to display those behaviors like Bill Wilson getting on the motorcycle. Now I'm going to Canada. Now I'm going here. Now I'm going to do this, you know, running, running, running.
1: It doesn't work. Just have to be still.
7: I'll
0: I'll check it. Keep talking.
1: So, you know, um, it's it's funny. One of the things that reminded me of uh, uh, that came to mind and I was talking to someone about this earlier where what reminds me is right, those behaviors, you know, anything can block me from my higher power, anything. And I think, and you and I in particular got this taste, you might have too, where we sat in a room working the 12 steps with a bunch of other addicts of different types and how powerful that experience was of all these different flavors of the disease, holding hands, doing the serenity prayer. And that really solidified it for me because I'm like, I don't have a food problem. You know, I have a spiritual malady. I don't know how to deal with life. Mm -hmm. That, that really solidified it for me because anything will pop up Mm -hmm. and block me from Mm God. You know, it'll be anything Mm -hmm. too much TV, too much spending too much, whatever, you know? So when I wake up in the morning, that's why it's critical for me to have my morning meditation, my morning prayer, I have to, you know, I would say it a thousand times, I have to tune that spiritual antenna. Because if I don't, I'm blocked. And then it's real easy for a good idea to creep in. (laughs) Real
2: easy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Well, same way that you never would have missed your dialysis. Lewis used to get up and go to dialysis at three in the morning. And he never thought of missing that, right? And as Harlan always says, it's the buildup of human emotions. That's why we ate. That buildup, that buildup. And everything that you weren't doing right to me, you were doing it to me. And as Herb Kay always says, this was on to me, not by me, mm-hmm. right? So God is working on me, right? rewiring my heart from the inside out through all of you. Yeah do we want to start including? I, I the, rest do. Of the group? I yeah. do. I actually do. I feel like you. it's been it's, enough. No, of us. <laughs>
0: no, no, this is great. And I love it. So and we um, want to help we everyone would else love to hear from the people who are here. If you have questions for our panel on staying in the center of the herd or really anything else about how to reach out and connect, I'm talking about connection and friends and family, um, and especially
3: from people who are suffering today, if you do have that lurking notion, if you are thinking, when can I get out and go? Or you've got your Postmates app up right now.
2: Tell me your good ideas. Yeah. Up. Yeah, brothers and sisters, we all, we're over here giving out miracles. You get a miracle. You get a miracle. Go <laughs> oh, ahead, oh, jump in this chat. Get your miracle right now. Ooh, yeah, get this recovery in your life.
0: Yes, yes. So here's, here's the time. I see Marla, your
7: hand is up. Marla, go ahead. <laughs>
6: You guys, this is fantastic. Thank
8: you so much. Um, I have a question. Um, What do you suggest for people who don't have the kind of in-person options that you guys do? Being in LA group together, you're obviously there. And I know we have Zoom now, um, but a lot of people like that I sponsor from smaller communities and areas. So for in-person contact for people that don't have the luxury of of being with others like you guys, what would you suggest to people here that might be in that situation?
3: Well, I think that first of all, Zoom is fantastic right now, Um, as you said, and I know that a lot of meetings are staying in Zoom. Even if you have one other person in your area, invite them for a walk, right? Says when two or more are gathered, you just need two, right? The identification, listen to a meeting together, dial into a meeting, you know, the same way that we're sitting here. Go now that things are opening up, and if you know if it works for you and your family, outside issue, if you can be around others, go join someone at their house for a meeting, right? Or go for a walk, push yourself to do it. Um, I don't sponsor anybody who doesn't have any meetings in their area myself, and I know some people are housebound, they can't leave. But just all you need is that one person, right? That one person who will help you out. And again, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I know Harlan doesn't like me saying it, but we do, we do love Zoom because of, you know, that, this window of opportunity, right? Look at where, I can't see clearly where everybody's from and I don't know if anyone is here from Europe or anything, but look at this. Look at when we were at the OA birthday party. Look at where a lot of us have spoken all over the world, right, this fellowship, this society has kept us together throughout this last year, over a year now. We just got into action and we did what we did and we set up Zoom accounts and look at the people that we've met. So, you know, just seize the opportunity and it's not gonna go away either. So. Yeah, have have the Zoom
1: get togethers. You know, like when when I qualified earlier, I talked about, you know, that Zoom birthday being one of my favorite, you know, like I couldn't touch my friends you know, but have a Zoom get together. Why not? Just because you can't meet today doesn't mean you won't meet down the line.
2: Yeah.
0: Actually, what if you wanted to go to a party on July 4th? Where would you
6: go for that?
2: I think you should come to the July 4th party hosted by the OALAIG group. It's 10 a.m. to 12, uh, 10 a.m. to 12. And we're going to have four speakers sharing on uh, spiritual independence. Join us.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I thought that 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 was a good opportunity. that was awesome to you, are amazing. Event. you thank are amazing you. and if you're shy to give a question out loud just put it in the chat box to amy and she'll yeah, ask for cool. you but there's hands yes i have melissa c
0: followed by our Go
4: Melissa. Ahead, melissa.
3: hi i'm gonna
4: ask a hard i'm gonna ask a hard question no um thank you this was beautiful um and i'm i'm all on board i love i just love the topic and i love
7: your delivery of the topic. I would love to hear more about how you encourage sponsees to create their own tribe. Maybe, it, you know, sometimes it works out that they can, you know, mesh in with yours as well, of course, but, um, you know, different people with life experiences uh, need one another. And I'm just curious how you get
4: them to, to do the same thing, to replicate what you've done. Thanks.
2: Yeah, this is uh. So, <laughs> I, I call the gals that I'm working with Ori's angels. <laughs> oh my god! I know it's so bad. Oh my god. <laughs> but like, what I what I try to do is like, you know, hey, call this person, call this person, call you know, like I I, I the more people I know, I can throw people to other people. Um. And, you know, if, you know, some of my, if you have an issue, hey, call this person. I know that they have experience with that, you know, get to know this person. Like I'm constantly like throwing, throwing people at people. You know, if I don't have a particular experience, I know somebody who does. I think that's like the power of just being connected and plugged in and being in the center of the herd (laughs) is I have the ability and I I know, I know this person deals with this and, and I just, And it's beautiful when they actually, I follow up, hey, did you talk to this person? They're like, yeah, yeah, we had a great conversation. It's a beautiful thing. And then that's, it just multiplies out like that. Yeah.
8: Anything
7: to
3: add? Mm -hmm. Um, I'll also encourage my sponsees. We have a group WhatsApp because I sponsor somebody in Europe, but I will ask that probing question. Who are your people right now? Who do you call? Who are you in the herd with? And if they go, well, you, that that's lovely, but I can't be everything. So, you know, find that way. But I I do, I follow up and I encourage, you know, them to build those relationships. And luckily I do sponsor a very social group. So at the moment it isn't a problem. (laughs) But even if it has been in the past, I, I will encourage them or to come to meetings when we were going, you know, come with me. We're going out for breakfast afterwards. We're going for coffee afterwards, you know whatever it takes to gently push, right? That gentle little shove to get them in.
1: That's, uh, so let me let me talk to the smallest group here. Let me talk to the guys real quick, uh, specifically, because, you know, you might think like, oh, I'm not trying to talk to anybody or I'm not trying to tell anyone my business or, you know, what the hell does this guy know? You know, what, what I love is that you know, and I love using this example as like in a sea of addicts, right, we're already this small island, you know, and, and as men in this program, we're already a smaller island than that. So, you know, more, more than anything, you know, we need each other. So if you're a guy and you think like, oh, I I don't need to talk to anybody. Yeah, you do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you do. And, I just, and I'm saying that from my experience, because I would love to not talk to another dude about stuff. It's so easy for me to just go like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Suze, this is happening or right. this and that. <laughs> right. But no, 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 no. When, when when, I need, you know, I need that as part of me as a man in recovery. Yes. I need that. I need to talk to another the guy. Right. I, <laughs> yeah. I need, there's some things that I can only talk to with a guy. And you know what? Don't be picky about that lifeline.
2: Yeah, and for the record, I sponsor men too. I'm not just out here sponsoring women, you know, like, no, <laughs> that's so creepy. Like, no. <laughs> no, thank you for the clarification. Yeah, yeah, just thank need to
0: clarify sure.
8: that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, Does anybody else want to add anything else to that
0: topic? Okay, great. We will go to the next question, which is
6: from
2: Arlene G. Arlene, would you please unmute me? Arlene OG.
6: Hey. <laughs> <this is> awesome. <laughs> thank you. Because guess what? I, I've been in the program for 30-some years, And I don't, I'm not in the middle of the herd, and I don't have a posse, and I keep thinking about Susan trying to get me (laughs) to come somewhere, and I just, like, I don't remember what was going on, but I had some bullshit excuse, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't don't know for sure, but I'm guessing. (laughs) Yes. And, um... I don't recommend it. And you know, so my question is, and it is fight for your right to feel uncomfortable. You know, I it's like yesterday, I outreach someone I've known for as long as I've been in program. I go like to the safe instead of realizing that you're all safe. And I just don't know how to get over that hurdle of telling the truth where I'm at. You know, because I, I think that, your stuff is more important than mine type of thing you know and a lot of people take a lot of space and yeah. so I just kind of so how do you take what um or a <laughs> do you have a problem taking space I don't think so
2: but maybe you know
6: and I knew you when you did so
2: yeah. so 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 something that I learned um that I suffer from uh, social emotional anorexia and I do a lot of work in another program to deal with that. And uh, that's something that I'm actively working on right now. I have a hard time with uh, intimacy and develop in maintaining and developing relationships. I restrict love. Um, I avoid love. So I have another program where I specifically deal on those issues and it, it really has opened me up in, um, and, and it it's, it's, work with the work I've done in OA, right? And it's allowed me to really be more in the herd and be a part of and allow myself to get dragged along. And, <laughs> you know, and there was a part, there was a part in my work in here where I just started saying yes. I don't know why it wasn't some um, virtuous characteristic that I, it was just something in me to just said start saying yes. And that was as simple as allowing, you know, sitting next to Susan in a meeting, or you know just going to going where I was invited um so like I said that's how it started and, and like I said I do a lot of work in that area specifically on how to be an open system and not be closed off so
3: anybody else I think it's just contrary action and if it's happening with that you know it's happening in other areas for all of us I Remember a couple of months ago, I was calling Melissa and sharing with her something and she was making some suggestions to me that were making me cringe. Cringe, I can tell you, but I just said yes. And I did them. I really didn't like them because I wanted to tell her how she was wrong and she's been married forever and she doesn't understand and blah, blah, blah. I just said yes. So that is, it's just, and I know you're a social human because I know you and I know how you like music and you have all your parties with your friends. Invite us, Yes. you know, just expand the circle. See, I don't have the, this is my program. This is my life. This is just it. There is no merging. There's no secrets, no separation. Now, do I go into work and say, hi, I'm Susan, I'm compulsive overeater. No, if it can help you, I do. And they know if I'm having somebody else over or for something, a party, they don't all know about what I do. And that's fine. We all respect, right? We only expose ourselves, reveal ourselves, sorry, not reveal ourselves to others. We, We reveal ourselves to others to be helpful. But again, I integrate my life. So perhaps don't compartmentalize it. I don't know if you are doing that. So I'm just suggesting it. You know, I just walk with everyone. I trudge with everyone in my life. So it isn't a case if I didn't have time for this or that. This is just it.
2: Arlene, so. she has great roasted potatoes too. You gotta taste them. They're amazing. <laughs>
8: um, I have a, did you wanna add anything Lewis, before I go on? No, no, I, I know I, we have hand raised, but I wanna, we also have questions in chat. So I wanna take some of those as well. Um, an anonymous question. Can you please share your experiences on connecting with fellows to get back into program after relapse I'm struggling to share because of the shame of it and I think there's stigma around those of us that have relapsed
2: thoughts uh I used to jokingly say relapse isn't contagious like you know I don't know but no no, um I don't know why but I think one of the miracles that happened to me this time around was when I came back this was the first time that I had absolutely no shame around showing back up being 485 pounds. I, I don't know what happened. I, I just, I didn't care anymore. I just, I was so desperate to come back and I was so desperate to not live like that anymore. That outweighed the shame of, of, of the shame that I felt of people seeing or the great Ori had gained weight again. Like I didn't care about it. I just desperately wanted to come back, and I desperately just wanted to a different life. So I don't know if that's like that was the miracle for me. Um, and I showed up to one of the biggest events at the time. Like, it's, as a matter of fact, it was July Fourth in a park. Anyway.
1: Well, sir.
2: It was July 4th in the park in 2016, Holly texted me to come to the July 4th in a park event and I didn't care. And I just took her direction and I showed up at the July 4th in the park event. It was an event that years, years before I had drove through the parking lot and saw how many people were there. And I just drove right out. I didn't even go because of the shame and how crippling the shame was. But this time around in 2016, I showed up and I received so much love. I got so much love. And I did and, and here it is, I'm hosting it five years later. Like, what is that? But a power of the miracle. Yikes. Yikes. I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else want to add to that?
8: Can't
1: beat that. Yikes.
3: I just want to add one thing because of course when you do come back and I in those 16 years, I wanted to come in thin and tell you that I had found the answer. <laughs> and when we had fellowship yesterday after the Cornwall meeting in the mornings, there's fellowship and one lady reminded us she said, "It's no good out there. Mm. It is so painful. So we do welcome you with open arms and we are going to love you until you can love yourself. And the fact, you know, when I think about O just saying that the park where we normally are, Rancho Park, July 4th, out here in California, it's always where the sun hits you. It's freaking boiling. I don't care how large or how small you are, you're going to be schwitzing. Okay. It's just the way. And the way that you came back to that, you know, wow, that's really quite amazing because I want to drive away when it's so hot, let alone anything else.
8: But, okay. Thank you. We'll uh, switch back and forth between hands yep. and anonymous questions. So Barb E, you're up. Please
4: unmute and ask your question. Oh, thank you so much. First of all, you three are amazing, amazing. You're a dynamic trio. Mm-hmm. And Amy, wonderful. You do so much service. I love you all. But here's my question. And it's fact, oh, yes, yeah, you can bow. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, Here's my question. It's a twofold question. What do you do after you sponsored someone and you try to gently nudge them off the ice flow, like a mother penguin getting her little penguin to, to go out and swim for herself and become sponsors? And the other half of the question is what do you do when you get calls from people? who are saying they're looking for the perfect sponsor. And I keep saying, you don't even need a sponsor. You just need the will to recover, but they're looking for the perfect sponsor. And that they, they, so they do nothing as a result. How do you handle those two elements? The one who refuses to get nudged off the ice floe or is too scared that they won't be good enough as a sponsor, and then the ones who are looking for perfection and never finding it. Thank you.
3: Um, is it okay if I answer
8: yeah, of course. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you are the perfect sponsor.
3: There's the three of them sitting here. That might not be the consensus. Um, I've, I've, I've never had anybody tell me personally that they won't sponsor Um, and I don't say here we go we close a vision for you I'll see you around that's nice to have met you you know we stay in a community in this fellowship I continue to work with you you know working with others they're working with me I'm working with them and I'm here and available for any questions and I'm also here to learn from how they start giving it away because guess what? They may find a way that I haven't mm. thought of. So we stay very closely connected, and so I haven't had personally. I don't know if Luis or Ray will speak to that. That they're all quite happy to give it away, you know, for fun and for free. And that is, you know, the great fact. That's what we want to do. Um, and you know, as for the perfect spot, first of all, it doesn't exist. I know that when I came here, it was very important for me to have had somebody who used to look like me in my photos or even worse because that actually made me feel better about myself to be honest with you if they felt looked worse than I had um because I wanted to see that it worked and that they had been absent for quite a long time and my first sponsor at the time had 15 years and she had weighed more than me but my sponsor now you know she was more anorexic bulimic but it doesn't matter anymore but I get how you need to really really identify in and and I'm sure we've all had this experience I'm not saying it out ego it's just the way it is that newcomers will call after you've qualified and they'll say you have to sponsor me you spoke my story nobody else ever ever has and it would be perfect and you just have to set aside because number one it's not true I'm beyond not perfect trust me I don't cause wreckage like I used to, and I certainly don't go to bed with any, but I put foot in mouth sometimes because (laughs) I'm human. So it's take the hand of somebody who's gone ahead of you. A sponsor is somebody who is living this life, who as a result of working these steps, as the result, right? They're practicing these principles in all of their affairs. Mm -hmm. I need somebody for me who would take me through the big book line by line, who knew the traditions, who would push me into service. Mm-hmm. That's what I needed. And that is what God sent me. So same way as I'm still on the search for the perfect man that probably doesn't exist, you know, let go of those old ideas and beliefs. <laughs> see all my friends are cracking up right now on the screen. So set aside <laughs> everything you think, you know, Susan, You're not a Disney princess and just, Move on, Arlene always says it's moveon.com and she's (laughs) right, you know? So just, you are drowning today, you are dying. This is permanent, progressive and fatal. Don't wait, the miracle is right here. If you are struggling and you're here today, it's no coincidence. Make phone calls, take the hand of somebody who's worked these steps. Just be willing to believe that what we're talking about is possible for you. Like it says, the age of miracles is still with us. It says that in the big book, and it's still here. A lot has progressed in the world since they wrote this book, but the fundamentals of those first 164 pages are tried and true from the preface to all the forwards. So now we aren't just 100 men and women who have recovered. We are hundreds of thousands, millions across the world to just take the hand of someone who will take you through this book. And by tomorrow morning, you will feel better, maybe even in an hour. Mm. Thank you. I'm gonna
8: sort of jump to a different question in chat because it goes on the heels of this. When or when do you think and are there valid times to change sponsors? Go ahead, bro.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, oh yeah. Oh, my god I got the perfect uh, response to that. All right. <laughs> so so the best time for me um, so this ha- my experience has been my my first sponsor went out and you know he had taken me through the steps twice already and he had went out and I knew it but I hadn't heard it yet from mm-hmm. him right right and it was crazy scary because for me it hinged on like but this is this is my guy this is this this is the, the and 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 this is why when i say that i can't be picky about that lifeline when i when i when i sit there and i say you know i'm a drowning man right And that I'm my, my stories and all my BS are weights that I'm willingly carrying, you know, trying to get that lifeline. It solidified it for me. I had to grab another because, and I don't know how this will come off. So just kick me if it sounds bad. Uh, People have done the research for me already. People have done the research on doing this without a sponsor. And when I see that, I can't risk it. I can't risk it. So I grabbed another hand. And then look, even then it was like, we're doing things a different way. Yeah. And that was scary. Yeah. I don't love change. But let me try something different again. Yeah, and it's this sort of crazy, sometimes painful evolution. You know, this spiritual awakening sometimes feels awkward and bizarre. You know, so so I couldn't risk the floating, the floating in the space right on my own. I couldn't. I couldn't risk it. You know. Um, And like, it's true. It's absolutely true. People have done the research and anything I'll put before this, you know, as soon as I get the idea that I can go solo, I'm in trouble. And I just can't risk it today. I just, I just can't risk it.
3: And I just want to say, well, that's right. We have ring lights everywhere. (laughs) Don't ask. I changed sponsors after 10 years. My sponsor had been in the room since the OA began and I changed because her life changed. She got older, she had some health issues, and the availability wasn't there. And I knew right away, I recognized it, you know, that I couldn't stop doing what I was doing. And having been in this fellowship in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles for over 20 years, I'm friends with a lot of people. I know a lot of people, and it was going to, and it really was who am I going to ask? We weren't on Zoom. I'd had a long distance sponsor in the beginning and then wanted to have somebody in the rooms. And then I asked somebody who I thought, okay, this is going to be good. And when she became my sponsor, it was just different to knowing her in a room. And then I had to start over again. And I actually asked the other person who I was originally going to ask. And it was just, I saw one faster than the other. And now it's been, gosh, it's been over five years already. And it's great. Um, but it was, you know, I would never, ever have switched for my sponsor of 10 years, but just life just happened. And it it was a necessity. And I still speak to her. Um, but her life is just different now. She's still abstinent and everything. But just, you know, she has a different lifestyle due to some health problems. So you you have to know that you're saving your own life and just like Lewis said, I couldn't start rowing the boat to shore and thinking, well, Susan, you've been in this thin body now for 10 years. You've got the sponsees, you know the book, you've done Harlan's workshops, you've done her K's. you've run the birthday party, you've got this. No, I don't got nothing without any of you. Mm -hmm. And especially without the sponsor.
8: So. Thank you. Thank you very much.
9: Um, let's go to Harlan G now. Harlan, would you please unmute and ask the question? From Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona, where it is a cool 109 right now. Oh, 109 right now. I'm going, be, I'm going to be at the pool outside and as soon as this is over. I'm going. Gosh, um, I don't know that I have a question per se, but as is my want, I'm going to point out some things that I think everybody should know in order to get in the middle of the pack, in order to begin that process, the four people that you see before you right now took action and I often say, when you walk to God, he'll run to you. This has been my experience. When they walked toward the fellowship, and I'll get a little more specific in a second, the fellowship ran to them. They didn't wait to see who was going to be going from right to left on my right, who was going to be the IT advisor to the first ever Zoom Uh, birthday. And I'm a big believer that the OA birthday is just a most fabulous convention. I'm a big believer in the birthday. If you've never been to one, mark it on your calendar, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday weekend. Um, Hopefully we'll be in person, maybe not next year, but the year after. I'm just... I'm just so angry that we can't all be together because I so want to see everybody. Uh, when the person in the Nickelodeon t-shirt or a, when he sees something to be that needs to be done, he is there. I met or in 2017, I believe at the birthday, we go to a hundred pounders club meeting, hundred pounders meeting in Los Angeles. And there was this, 500 pound man and I was over 500 pounds by a considerable margin and we spoke for a little while and then one year later 2018 I believe you can correct me on the dates we came back and there was this guy who looks just like he looks now only a little chunkier then and I was aghast and um, I went to the back of the room and I said oh my god Oh my God. And it was just an unbelievable thing. And Susan is unbelievable. When there is something to be done, she does it. And and Lewis, when there's something to be done, he does it. But Susan, I'm gonna come back to for just a minute. Susan is just an absolute example of service, of, of doing what it takes not only to move her recovery forward. And I'm sure that what she does moves her recovery forward, too. But she brings everybody along with her. The birthday, uh, different things like what we have today. Um, Susan, out of the equation, this becomes a weaker program. Susan, removed from the equation, this becomes a program that is less accessible to a lot of different people. And Lewis isn't exactly that same kind of thing in that same kind of boat. Now, why am I touting their horns? Why am I doing this? Because it starts with a single step it starts with a single calling to do something. And when we give service, nobody's going to be the perfect sponsor. That's, an, that's our egos. My ego has three jobs, make me right, make me feel good right now, make me different from everybody else. I'm either going to be the worst sponsor, so I'm not going to sponsor anybody, or I'm going to be the best, most perfect sponsor, and neither one of which are true. But for them, the way that they built up their God squad, the people that you see in front of them, is by taking the steps. They took the ABCs into their life. And I'll close with this. They realized that they were powerless over their social anxieties. They were powerless over their fear of being in the middle of the pack. B, they realized that no human power could have relieved their fear and C, that the fellowship and God could and would if he were sought, if they were sought. So they developed their God squad by simply taking one step and moving it one to the next, to the next, to the next. So if you're wondering how these people became these people, they took one step. I'm gonna shut up because I know there's some people with their hands up. I could go on and on. OA birthday, mark it in your calendars, be there or be square.
2: Yeah, bro. Yeah.
9: yeah um. Susan, did you want to
2: ask? No, no, near that? the end. Of I, I, well, I
8: just want to say for a moment, OA oh, birthday party, whether we're on Zoom. Uh, it will be on year. Zoom. Um, I would like to invite everyone The Mid-Hudson Intergroup is doing an <laughs> in-person fall fellowship on October 9th and 10th. I'm going to put the, the flyer in the chat and also a link. If you'd like more information, you can fill out that form. Harlan and everyone else, we would love to see you in person in the Mid-Hudson Valley in October um Susan no no this is
7: near the end I oh, want to read this
2: for me oh, okay great Jen
7: so um Janae, I see your hand go ahead Colorado Colorado I'm stuck <laughs> in the center of the United States and um grateful to be stuck in the center of the heart today so um wow so is it odd or is it God there's a man from Scottsdale Arizona that taught me that and um I'm glad I get to talk after you, Harlan, because I don't have a question either, so I'm okay. I don't have to ask a question, right? Um, But I will say this. In 2016, I went to see Harlan speak in Colorado. He came here. I went into that room. I sat by myself in that room. I took copious amounts of notes and I highlighted my big book in all sorts of beautiful colors. And I walked out and I left with not a name or a number. Today, and I hope I don't, I won't say this person's name, but somebody just reached out to me in the chat and said, you look very happy and very lovely. Thank you for posting your phone number. I hope to reach out to you. And I texted her back or chatted her back. And I said, may I have your number? And may I call you also? You see, this is a two way street people. We have to do the reaching out and not just expect for our phones to ring. By the grace of God today, my phone rings. Um, because I do do a lot of service and I put myself out there just like all these people on the screen do. But I also know that I return every phone call that comes into me. I learned that by some, from someone else in this room also. And um, I do my best, right? I'm, I'm imperfectly human. I'll text you if it's 10, you know, 10 o'clock at night and I can't get back to everybody. But the reality is no one did that for me. When I walked in the rooms of overeaters, overeaters, anonymous, my heart bleeds for the still suffering compulsive overeater who just has the desire and the nerve to even get on the screen. Even if you're not pictured here, you are important. You are number one and you matter. I am not here today to hear where it is found in the 12 and 12 and the big book and the this and the that. I've read it myself. It's not that I'm any brighter or bigger, or more beautiful than anyone else. But the reality is I am here because there's somebody still out there suffering. And how can I give them what I have been so freely given? Because it's all these 20, 30, 40, 60, 70 of you people on the phone that took my name and number that called me back. And when Susan G walks into Colorado, in October, when I had never met her before, I had never seen her at the birthday party. I was like, who is this woman? Guess what I did? I picked up the phone and called her after she left. I didn't spend time with her when she was here. I reached out to her and then guess what? A few weeks ago, I was at her house. I was like in the bougie hotel of it all. You know, she was there. I got to sit on mother's day, like a hundred yards from the beach eating tacos with these three lovely individuals from LA. That's how I spend my life today. My kids laugh. They go, Oh, must be on the phone with somebody from LA. Are you mom? Yep. that's <laughs> right. Because that's how I run. And when Harlan was in here and he was saying the last of his thing and you know, the standing ovation, but my son's out on the couch clapping for him. You know, my kids know who Harlan G is. My kids know who Susan is, you know, my son walks into my bedroom the other night and he goes, oh, is that Lewis? Hey, what, what's up, dude? You know,
8: <laughs>
7: They know who these people are to me. This is the fellowship I crave and I can't do it without anyone. And I will last but at least not say this. I had a fantastic fellowship of people in the state of Colorado and they got picked off one by one by one. Mm. I am down, I'm down to myself and one other person who resides four and a half hours by car, which is not a big deal when you're doing Zoom. My tribe, where are they? The vibe in my tribe has to be. I thank God for Zoom, thank God for the pandemic and thank God for these people. So that's what you do. You put your number in the chat and you reach out to people and us as recovered people, and I'm saying this to myself as, as and everyone else on the screen, you call people too. We're not any better. The pedestal is a hard place for people to fall from. So with that, I'll pass. And thank you guys, you're awesome. Thank you, Jenny, you
8: are awesome too. And Thank you for that reminder that this is a two-way street. Um, Terry W., I see your hand
5: is raised, go ahead.
1: Terry, yay.
5: Hi, everyone. I can't thank you enough for doing this today. Um, I got a lot out of, I got a lot out of today. The one thing I want to talk about is how important you know, to stay in the middle of the herd is also to show up at meetings. Um, I think that's important because a lot of people, you know, I don't want to show up or I'll just miss this meeting or I don't have to show up to that meeting. And, you know, even today, like I think it was Ori, you were talking about um, our past is our greatest asset. Now, to me, that means, you know, hey, yeah, I've been severely bulimic, anorexic, you know, da da da, And people can relate to me very easily if they're in the same place. So that to me is like, my greatest gift, but you know what I got out of today? you know I heard about aura PC in the back of the rooms and it made me realize my first meeting I had a panic attack, literal a panic attack and I forget that and you know what I never ever ever wanted to go back there. So today also you taught about us you know today every day is a precious thing
8: yeah.
5: you know and to keep working at this and showing up our meetings and making these calls and showing up for service is so important. Um, so, I just want to thank you all. Um, you know, I got a lot out of this today, and I'm sure a lot of other people did. And I really appreciate all your service. Thank you.
8: Thank you, Terry. Thank you very much. I, I want to just make one comment here. Um, when people talk about service and people talk about being thanked for service and all of that, my personal experience at doing service and when people thank me, I feel like I'm being thanked for winning the lottery. Because it has brought me a life beyond my wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to make that pitch right there. Um, Susan.
3: Yes. So again, I want to thank the Mid Hudson Intergroup so much for inviting us and. You know, there's plenty of things that we could be doing on a Sunday afternoon, as I'm sure with all of you. So thank you, you know, all of our friends who came and just Jen, thank you for helping before. She styled us, she sat us right. <laughs> Cushions behind you don't. Susan, don't wear that dress. The color isn't right. Get changed in and out. We listened to our producer. Um, <laughs> I see my friend Mary here on the screen. I see Darius. I can see Emily. So just so many people and the girls who came over. And I just think in closing, it's just perfect on 152 you're going to meet these new friends in your own community near you alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship if you live in a large place there are hundreds high and low rich and poor these are future fellows of alcoholics anonymous remember it tells us earlier in the book with people who would not normally mix among them you will make lifelong friends You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, but you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. It may seem incredible that these men and this woman were to become happy, respected and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. So I'm immensely grateful to Overeats Anonymous for the life that I have today, and I'm so graced. I'm I'm so, so blessed that I don't sit on this couch and take it up, that I truly do have a life beyond my wildest dreams. I will go to bed tonight without any wreckage. I don't think I owe any of these people an apology yet. You know. We have a few more hours to go together, <laughs> but I just am so, so grateful. So thank you.
8: Thank you. And I would love to hear closing thoughts from both of you, but there's also been a request oh. for the numbers in the chat. So oh yeah. While you're closing, um, I can actually
1: put them in. Thank oh. you. You want to say, Amy? I'll
8: stick them on oh. the chat for you. Thank you, Jen. Thanks, Jen. You're Welcome.
1: Uh, so, um, you know the, the 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 ocean liner thing that Susan was saying. You know, it's, it's it's always been one of my favorite things about like you know, look at us, right? We're we're people who normally wouldn't mix. You know, and. And that means the world to me. And, and and it even says here, you know, you know, we have people to, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness and an understanding, which is indescribably wonderful. And, and that, that always gets me because like, I can't, I can't describe this, you know, you have to experience it. And, and what I love is like, this isn't like, some 3s company exclusive thing where only we can get this sort of you know friendship and fellowship like this is this is available to you you know make it right like 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 make those connections you know and 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 you can have this too like it's just indescribably wonderful and then thanks everyone that was involved with this amy yeah you know
2: Jen for telling me how to sit and- <laughs> <laughs> You know, all I gotta say is, come on, knock at our door. (laughs) We've been waiting for you, (laughs) brothers and sisters. We're giving out miracles. No, really. Um, this is the gift, right? (laughs) You you okay? (laughs) This is the gift right here, and um. It really is. It it is a lot of fun about it all, but under it is a deadly seriousness. And what can you say? Like there's power in this, there's power in this design for living. And if you're struggling, take down that, take down a number, give us a call. Let us be, let us be there with you. Share that burden with us. Like nobody is in here. That's too good to pick up that phone call and listen to another person and allow us to help you and support you. So that's all I got to say about it. Thank you. Um,
0: I want to take this opportunity in closing to remind you all to please go to oalaig.org to see the wonderful events and recordings that are there. That's where I first learned about staying in the center of the herd. Want to remind you about the July 4th Spiritual Independence Day Party. I invite all of you to join us. We'll all be there. Um, I want to encourage you to go to midhudsonoa.org, Mid-Hudson!
6: yeah, Mid-Hudson! our,
0: our recordings from this and other Trudge Talks and also the events including the in-person Fall Fellowship um, and I want to thank everybody who has um, shown up here today because that's a service too. Um, when all three of them were qualifying there was a common theme. Lewis said today I have fellows that I call friends and family. Susan said, you are my friends and my family. And Ore said, the hallmark of my recovery is being a part of this group. There is a herd, you are welcome, you are invited, you are wanted, Mm. join us. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, lewis Susan, Ore.
1: I am so grateful. And Kira. Thank and Kira. Kira. Kira oh, for doing all the technical yeah. stuff. Yeah, Thank
2: Kira. You. Thank you, Kira.
0: And everybody. Thank you, Kira. Here. Yeah. Thank you. you have a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. And we will see you again in these rooms as we trudge this road together.
2: Trudge talk. Trudge talk.